You're listening to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Osorio. I'm the author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm also the founder of The School of Reinvention, a community-based coaching platform where we help people define success on their terms and reinvent themselves to make it happen. I believe that as the years pass, our values, passions, and purpose evolve, and we must reinvent ourselves in order to stay aligned with who we really are and what matters to us. This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Rosario. I'm a reinvention coach and author of the book, The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passions, and Purpose. I'm excited to be here with Roger Lee, who is the founder and owner of Roger Lee Arts, an award-nominated business that produces artist career success programs and resources, original painting series, and solo exhibitions, and Roger Lee Dance Company concert series, tours, and videos. He is also the founder and executive artistic director of Roger Lee Dance Company. Roger's career journey is defined by repeated reinvention. He went from being a professional dancer, choreographer, and dance instructor to becoming an entrepreneur, business owner, and self-published author, being a university professor of dance, arts integration, arts administration, business, and entrepreneurship, to becoming a university and nonprofit senior leader. Roger's success has been discussed in two book features, over 60 international, national, regional, and local media features, along with his TEDx talk. Roger, thank you so much for taking some time out here to share your insights from your journey to reinvention with us. And of course, the strategies, the lessons that we can take away so that we can put them into practice in our own journey to reinvention. So to kick things off, you know, I always love finding out the overall journey to reinvention story of my guests. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where you've been along this journey. And I I know you've got a couple of stories that you're going to lift up and highlight for us, but kick us off there. Sure. I want to just start by saying thank you so much, Roger, for the opportunity. It's nice to share a name with you. (laughs) So for all of the listeners out there, my name is Roger Lee, and I'm born and raised in Philadelphia. And I've always been an entrepreneur. My parents like to say I started at about three or four years old. I would make a little shoebox stage, uh, put some figurines in there, and charge folks about 25 cents for a ticket to come and see a production. (laughs) Pretty much producing shows my whole life. Uh, but my true entrepreneurship started in high school as a freelance dancer. You know, I had to book my own gigs, make partnerships happen, and essentially generate sales. And I really fell in love with that at a very young age and wanted to veer down this entrepreneurial path. And Roger, as I continued on my entrepreneurial journey, I decided to throw employment to the mix. Right? Like so many entrepreneurs starting out, we find out that money doesn't always come as quickly as we want or need. So a lot of times we end up having to get a job just to make ends meet. And in hindsight, I'm really glad that that was my experience because it opened up a world of possibility to me, right? From my first job being a dance instructor to my most recent being a senior leader at my state's largest public university, it's been quite a journey of entrepreneurship blended with employment. And as you kind of said in the introduction there, that my career is really defined by repeated reinvention, again, going from the arts and culture industry into the higher education industry, into the nonprofit industry. It's really been uh, quite a journey and no shortage of fun along the way. You know, one of the stories that you and I got to talk about during our prep call was getting your first adjunct opportunity at a university. 
Yeah, so in a way, it was, I, I think from what I recall, it was a dream job of sorts at the time, but the dream didn't last for so long. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Absolutely. So yes, I always wanted to be an adjunct professor, and a lot of that came from me being a college student and you know, going through some courses saying, wow, I wish that I had someone who was a little bit more engaged with the students, with the learning experience, and I always vowed that I would be that for the next generation of college students. And it was something I wanted to do for a really long time. And I remember many, many cold calls, many emails, a lot of networking events, just sending my resume out, putting feelers out there. And I got a lot of no's along the way, Roger, a lot of no's. And what I did was uh, continue to teach outside of academia until one day somebody gave me an opportunity. And they finally said, hey, are you available on Thursdays at two o'clock to teach an introductory dance course? Absolutely. And that was a dream job. You know, I was really happy to do that. And what happened was that I ended up going to another university pretty early on, and they offered me the chance to potentially be full-time. They said, you know, let's do a one-year engagement. Let's see how you relate to the students, how your courses go, how your advising goes, how your recruitment goes. <laughs> I mean, they even had me doing audition panels. So they had me doing the work of a full-time professor to kind of scout me out and see how I would do in this full-time role. And I put my whole entire heart and soul into that nights and weekends, day past five kind of situation. Pretty long commute going out to that campus five days a week, where sometimes I was even asked to just be there for two to three hours max a day. So uh, all that to say, right, I did a lot within that year to step into that position. And, you know, as the year came closer and closer, I would do the asking, like, hey, you know, let's get the contract going. Let's, like, seal the deal. And I was unfortunately told that that wasn't going to be a possibility. That funding had kind of kicked in. That leadership wasn't sure about the future of the dance major anymore, if it would even exist past the academic year that we were currently in. So that was a real wake-up call to me. You know, it was something I worked really hard for, something I prayed for, something I really wanted, and it just didn't happen. And it was nothing in my control to change that situation. So I had to kind of turn uh, that test into a testimony by veering down a new path. I said, all right, I thought being a dance professor was it. I thought that that was going to be my pinnacle, my I made it moment, and it's not. So I need to do something else. And what I decided to do was actually use my entrepreneurial muscle to begin teaching entrepreneurship. At the time, uh, one of my alma maters was starting the nation's first entrepreneurship school. And I thought that was so cool, an independent school of entrepreneurship where you could go and get a graduate or undergraduate degree. I just thought it was phenomenal. It was one of those things if I was a student at the time, I would have absolutely pursued academically. And I remember reaching out saying, hello, I'm Roger Lee. I'm an alum and I'm a proud entrepreneur and I would love to teach in your program. And that was the start of a beautiful relationship that turned into four different positions over a five-year span. Wow, that's incredible. You know, one of the things that I'm hearing is, and this is important for anyone on the journey to reinvention, you had an opportunity to essentially try out before someone offered you your dream job, a full-time version of your dream job, funded and all of that. And that I think that's really important because I, a lot of times I think it's easy to think that if I want to reinvent myself into something that I've never been before, such as a, an adjunct professor or a marketing person or whatever, 
the only way to successfully do that is to get a full-time job in that right out of the gates. You got to get that full-time job. Otherwise there is no reinvention, but what your story shows, even though the ending doesn't work out so well, what your story shows is that that, that the possibility is there that maybe there's a way to try out for a year, for six months, whatever the time might be in order to prove to someone that, Hey, you can be that person, even if you don't have the traditional resume for that. And for me, I think that's the really big, bright spot out of that story. You know, it, it's obviously a bummer that it didn't finish the way you wanted it to. But hey, that sounds like from what you said after that, it helped you build your character. It helped you build who you are and bring you to this point. So I, I think that's just an incredible story to help us just know that the possibility of finding other ways into what we want to do exist. And it's a matter of maybe even pitching that up front. In your case, they pitched it to you, but hey, what's to say that we can't pitch it to someone else if that's what we want to do and we want to get into this new field. So, you know, you talked about having to um, now kind of go back and, and figure yourself out again. And what do you do at this point? And you talked about pitching yourself as an entrepreneurship uh, educator. You know, I know you went through a process there. Tell us a little bit about that story, pitching yourself to be an entrepreneurship educator. And because now here you are pivoting again, reinventing yourself again, going from adjunct dance instructor to now an aspiring adjunct entrepreneurship instructor. How did you go about getting that first opportunity? That's a really good question, Roger. And, you know, one of the first things I did was actually make a list of the transferable skills that my dance teaching could potentially bring to this entrepreneurship teaching role. So what I realized was like, wow, there are a lot of transferable skills here, such as communication, public speaking, being analytical, critical thinker, right? These things were transferable, whether I was teaching dance or entrepreneurship. And what that list did, it gave me a lot of clarity, but also a lot of confidence in prepping for those meetings with the new leadership, because I knew that that would come up, right? How can you go from teaching people dance to teaching entrepreneurship. And I was totally prepared for that question as of the rose time and time again. So once I made that inventory list, I actually reached out to the top leadership um, of that school. And I just gave them my resume, a link to my TED talk, and just let them know like, really my passion for entrepreneurship education and how my industry experience as an entrepreneur could absolutely translate into the classroom. I feel like much like dance and other art forms, entrepreneurship is one of those feels that's uh, creative, right? A lot of times people uh, think that entrepreneurship is just business and doesn't necessarily have to be. I define that as an attitude and a way of life. An entrepreneur is somebody that takes full control of their personal life and their professional careers. And that broad definition really allows anybody to be an entrepreneur. So it's not just a business-minded person in Silicon Valley, but it could literally be somebody in a totally different environment and a totally different background. So I went in with that philosophy and that unique perspective on entrepreneurship. And what that did was uh, it opened up the door for meetings. So I remember that leadership saying, all right, I'm going to tap you into my administrative assistant who will get you on the books. Then let's get you a meeting with all of our assistant deans. Right. Then that went from there to meeting with the curriculum chair. And that turned into me writing a sample syllabus. And then that led to me signing the contract to teach my first course. And anybody who knows me well, Roger, knows that if you open the door this much, I'm more than happy to open it the rest of the way. So by me teaching that one undergraduate entrepreneurship course, I was able to open up a world of other opportunities that led to me teaching 
about five other undergraduate courses, developing curriculum for a graduate course there, being on other committees around the university. From there, that led to me being invited to take on the entrepreneur in residence position, which is really phenomenal because there was no grading. Uh, it wasn't the academic side, but it was actually more of my industry experience that came into play there, where I was helping entrepreneurs who were starting their own nonprofit and for-profit ventures. And then with the success of that, you know, students winning a lot of money in these pitch competitions and getting startup capital and creating their own companies, the leadership said, hey, let's create a full-time position for you where you would be the first staff member solely dedicated to K-12 entrepreneurship ed. So I became a pre-college engagement leader and never saw that coming. So all in all, I was at that institution for five years and had four different titles during that time. And all that started with just that one email, that one link to my TED Talk. So yeah, it really has been a journey for sure, but it was one where the door kind of cracked open and then it was up to me to take it the rest of the way. I love that story because when you started off getting this opportunity to be an adjunct professor in dance, you were promised the opportunity to get a full-time job there if that had worked out. And obviously you did your part and it worked out, but they didn't do theirs because it didn't work out on their end. So here you are back out on the street trying to figure out what do you do next? And this, what seemed like a devastating or you know difficult moment actually turned into a five-year opportunity, uh, which wasn't even guaranteed in the original one. The original one, they were like, well, look, we're just promising the one-year contract. And here you go, losing that opportunity to getting a five-year opportunity that replaced it. And I think that's the beauty of the journey to reinvention is that these are moments that you cannot predict, but you can do something to create these opportunities. You can do something to make these opportunities possible. And you did it by getting in people's faces, by making sure that you pitched yourself, by making sure that you got a hold of the right people so that you could create the opportunity to get into someone's interview room or whatever it might be. And present yourself as the best candidate for the role. And then from there, of course, you did your part once you got in and turned, you know, the one title into four different titles. So powerful story. I love that. And, you know, these are just two examples of a couple of transitions that you went through in your career. Let's move into our second topic, which, you know, we talked about some of the key lessons you've learned because you've made several transitions in your career You've obviously gone from areas like dance and entrepreneurship, nonprofit, for-profit. You've done a lot of work there. So let's talk a little bit about some of the key ideas that have come out of those experiences that you can share with somebody. Let's say somebody came up to you and said, hey, you know, I'd love some advice from you about reinventing myself, about going through pivots, about going through transitions. Let's talk about what you'd share with them. Mm, that's a really good question, Roger. and One that I... Uh wish that somebody kind of came and just gave me the same advice early, right? Um, number one would be to develop your skills. It's one thing to know where you want to go, but it's a whole other thing to have the confidence that you have what it takes to stay there, right? Because sometimes we can talk ourselves into a situation with a pitch. Sometimes opportunity can fall into our lap, but if you want that longevity, that really is rooted in skills, and if you know that you want to go from something like a dance teacher to an entrepreneurship teacher, there are a certain set of skills that you'll need to brush up on, right? Or learn for the first time. So I would encourage you to kind of take an inventory of what skills you need to know and then develop those skills. And luckily in 2023, there's so many different ways that you can learn skills. 
you don't necessarily have to go get a whole degree to do it, right? You can use the internet. You can take a micro credential, a mini course, YouTube, right? So many ways to do it now, networking. So kind of think about how you like to learn and what skills that you'd actually need to get to your next level. So number two, once you feel like you have at least a proficient level of skill, would be to rebrand yourself as the thing that you want to be. My great grandma would say, right, you have to dress for success, dress the part, right? Show up in the world the way that you want to be perceived. And a lot of times we don't do that enough. We say we want to get to another level, but we're still operating on a different field. So it's really important to brand yourself as the thing you want to be. When I decided I wanted to focus more on entrepreneurship ed versus dance ed, that meant that I wasn't wearing track suits anymore, right? Start wearing traditional suits. You know, things were just different. My social media presence changed where I started talking more about my business journey and how to balance the budget, what to look for when you hire folks. All those things were different for me, but they were essential to getting me to where I wanted to go. And number three, which I think is arguably most important, is building up your support system. You can't get anywhere alone. There's no I in team, right? So you absolutely need the support of people. You need somebody to believe in you enough to say yes to what you're pitching. And for them to say yes, that takes a relationship, a professional relationship. People tend to support folks that they know, that they like, and that they trust. So the rebrand is so the folks know you exist. They know who you are, your name, and what you do. But the likability is different, right? That comes from having conversations with folks from asking how people are doing from a genuine place without just trying to get something out of them, just being a good human being, right? Showing your personality, that you're easy to work with, those things make you more likable. And then once people like you, they'll hopefully start to trust you. And trust is earned, right? So you gotta prove time and time again that you are the person of your word. If you say you're gonna be somewhere, you're there early, right? You show up, you try hard, you do all the things that you promise, you don't overpromise. You underpromise but overdeliver. These are the things that build trust and rapport with somebody, a potential client or customer or partner. And if you could do those three things, skill building, trust building, right, which is really huge. And last but not least, uh, rebrand, right? Those three things, the sky's the limit for you. And I wish that I knew that early on. It took me a while to learn that as I went. So for all the young entrepreneurs out there, those are my three bits that might save you a lot of time and money, hopefully. Yeah. And and really beyond entrepreneurs, because, you know, we're talking to people who are in corporate and are are working for a company and they're looking to, you know, reinvent themselves within those companies as well and make those changes. And I feel like everything you said still applies perfectly to that situation as well. You know, thinking about skills, I think one of the things that I heard in your story earlier was that you developed, you had the opportunity to develop your skills while on the job. That's super important because while it's nice, you know, if we have that time to build our skills in advance, sometimes we won't know what the skills are until a little bit later. However, you had the opportunity to, as you moved into higher ed, to learn that through a tryout, right? And I would, you know, advocate or I would suggest to anybody listening in, if that's not available to you at the moment or you're not able to create that opportunity to get a tryout where you could learn while doing projects. I mean, projects are one of the best ways to develop skills while doing the work, while putting yourself out there so people know, which then brings us to number two. You talked about rebranding, you know, a project again, or the tryout, if you will, are also opportunities where you're getting a two for one deal, 
You know, you're not only building the skill while you go along, but you're also getting to rebrand yourself. You're working on establishing yourself as someone in this new domain, in this new space. And so that opportunity, I think, is what really makes reinvention possible even sooner than maybe it would have otherwise happened if we can get those two done at once. And then I love what you said about support. I mean, I think that tapping into the community of humans around you who can help in whatever way they can help. And like you said, some of that comes from the brand where you build some trust, but also from reaching out to folks and asking for things, you know, in your story, you were bold in your approaches to some of those recruiters and some of those hiring managers. So you counted on these people to, to be people, to be human and to say, you know what, I'll hear you out. And so you've got to like tap into that. You've got to reach out to those who want to help you, those who want to mentor you, teach you, those who might be able to even just accelerate your path, maybe by hiring them. You talked about, of course, one of the challenges when you're becoming an entrepreneur, learning to hire people and learning to bring on support. So, you know, whether it's paid support or voluntary support or however you want to call it, support is support <laughs> in whatever shape or form it comes. And so I think these three things, they almost, you know, if we think about it, your tryout, that year long tryout or a project that you might start, these are two really effective ways of bringing all three of these together, where all three can really come together to advance you much more quickly along your journey to reinvention. Anything else to add to that? Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head, but I will also say that, uh, you know, as you're going along with these projects, I think it's brilliant that you brought that up. The projects, they build the skills for sure, but they also give you that experience. And I think for folks who are newer on their journeys, whether it's employment, entrepreneurship, or a hybrid of the two, they always run into that conundrum, what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing, where they're told all the time, you don't have enough experience. You have the passion, you have the skills, you have the drive, but your experience level is not there. And the conundrum there is that you can't really get experience unless either somebody gives it to you or you create your own. And I've always been from the school of thought that it's really beneficial to create your own because you get to set your own timeline for growth. And nine times out of 10, the growth is expeditious, right? You can get there a lot quicker than just waiting on somebody to say they think you have what it takes. Sometimes you have to show people what you can do. So I feel like my ongoing project was always my own business. Right? Every time I hire somebody, every time I produced another thing, every time I acquire another client, I feel like that propelled me years, right? Where a job might say, all right, well, you must be in this one role for five years and then you've reached the next level and you can do that, but you can also expedite some stuff by just building up your own skill set through your own project. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I've done the research on people who have reinvented themselves, the one thing that I find in common in every reinvention story is a project. It's some project that whether intentionally selected or not to launch a new reinvention, it ended up becoming the seed of reinvention. It created the seed of possibility for reinvention. And so imagine doing that proactively. Imagine deciding, I want to explore this new domain. Let's just start a project right now and let's get that going. Let's start building some brand you know, recognition or let's start building my brand in the first place. Let's test out and develop some new skills. You know, Let's start building a community of support by interacting with people in the new domain in a really meaningful way. 
you know, no, no, like, hey, let's get a coffee so I can pick your brain. It's like, no, hey, let's get coffee because I want to engage you in this really special project I'm working on. And I think you're going to love it. That's the kind of thing that activates a network at the highest level and gets them to really commit to helping you out in a massive way. Let's move into your business, Roger Lee Art. It's been around for a while in many shapes and forms, but now, you know, you've recently made a pivot from an employee role to going full-time into this super exciting moment. Catch us up. Tell us a little bit about the decision to leave and then all about your business. So, you know, I've always been an employee while being an entrepreneur and throughout my career journey, I've definitely had those pivotal moments where, you know, there's times I'm focused more heavily on the business growth and there's times where I'm more focused on just the maintainment of that growth that we've achieved, right? And uh, right now I'm just in the season of growth again, right? So it ebbs and flows and you know, I had to make a tough choice to uh, kind of step away from full-time, a full-time role that I was in to now focus a little more on growth. And I feel like, you know, I was maintaining the growth all during the pandemic and trying to see what was going on with the world and all that. So it was kind of like a real waiting period, but now it's like a time of exponential growth again with the company. And there's only 24 hours in the day, Roger. So I just wish that <laughs> there were more, but um just for the sake of time and my creative space because I'm running an arts business and because I'm the artist behind the, the business itself and I'm the brand, I uh, just needed more hours. So decided to uh, step away from employment to go back into entrepreneurship. And it's a really exciting time because we're now in our 11th anniversary season, quickly approaching the 12th at the top of uh, 2024. So this is a period of reinvention for me. You know, this business, I always say, they just don't give birth out of nothing, right? This business was definitely a culmination of a lot of my experiences within the dance industry, you know, performing on national television shows for a former vice president, for recording artists, for many people. I became really good at uh, actualizing other people's artistic vision, but that came at the expense of stifling my own. So there was one day where I said, all right, I think I'm done with this freelancing thing for a bit and I really want to build my own artistic brand. So I started a dance company to do just that. And choreography is one of my first loves, my passion for sure. And started choreographing with some friends, you know, bought on the friends as dancers, choreographed some works, put on the show, booked the venue, didn't know what would happen. And 18 productions later, we're here, right? Again, we danced for so many uh, people and events. So it's really been an awesome journey. And what I learned during the pandemic was that virtual dance doesn't work as well. <laughs> You know, we had to actually shut down our show right before. It was like a week before the production in March 2020. We had to refund tickets and all that. So I put on my entrepreneurial hat and was like, let's do a virtual show. I lost all my dancers. They said, we're not virtual dancers. So I had to recast. I had to hire a videographer. I felt like a full-time music video producer for like a good six months. But at the end of the day, we got a beautiful video out of it and sold it. And then once things opened up again and it felt a lot safer, we went right back to performing and that was right in time for our 10th anniversary series. And Roger, I can't even tell you what that felt like just seeing people in the audience, everybody who survived and made it. And yeah, just people were in a good space. And yeah, it was really a dedication just to the world and humanity and that togetherness again. So it felt really, really good. And that was part of what made me want to focus a little bit deeper on it because I realized just how precious it is. Creating something so artistic for so long is really powerful and I want to give it the time and attention it deserves. So it's kind of what I'm doing right now. We're working on our 18th production for this fall in Philadelphia, and it's called Mysterious. It actually explores the mysterious nature of the Halloween season. 
And this is new for us. We've done many themes from like circus to outer space, celebrate, timeless, but we've never done a Halloween inspired show and the company's family friendly. So I was like, all right, let's do this. We're like, we have a costume contest for everybody who comes and we'll have candy and snacks and fun art stuff going on too. Also in the lobby, uh, I'm a painter. It's part of what Roger Lee Arts does. It produces my painting work, my exhibitions. So that happens in the lobby. People can check out all the uh, spooky inspired paintings that absolutely align with what they'll see on the stage. So that's kind of what's going on right now in Roger Lee Arts. We're also uh, planning to reignite our Black History Tour. And we did that about three times in the past, the different iterations. We started out just going to colleges and universities in Pennsylvania. And that expanded into the K-12 market because we started getting more and more requests for that. So now I'm thinking, well, let's even expand it into the corporate market because I could absolutely see corporations benefiting from this too. And what it is, Roger, it's a performance, but it's also an assembly format. So we start out with a hip hop dance class where people can get up and dance with us on stage. And it's so funny to see like principals and CEOs doing this stuff, but but they do it, you know, and it kind of like builds up that rapport with everybody. Then we go into the show and the show explores segregation, integration, and civil rights. And when I tell you like the Q&A gets so real, people are asking like really, really deep questions and there's a real history component there. There's a real call to action there. It's like DEIB in action on stage. So what I'm doing is like using dance as the catalyst, but uh, yeah, it's changing lives, you know, and because I just need more hours in the day, I'm like, yeah, I need some time to get this tour up and running, get the next concert prepared and all that. So it's kind of where we're at. Very interesting. You know, a little bit about what you shared there, you know, getting executives up and dancing and moving and all of that reminded me a little bit about one of my first guests. She has a an, an art studio where she teaches art, you know, how to paint, things like that. And she works with companies and they do like retreats of sorts with her. They do. And obviously they're not coming in really. I mean, they kind of come in to, okay, let's do something different. Let's explore a different skill. But her mission is like, no, what you're going to get out of it is you're going to get communication. You're going to get connection. You're going to get trust building. You're going to get leadership development out of this exercise. And what she ends up doing, even though they might come in to learn how to paint, is that by the time they get out, they've learned how to communicate more effectively, how to express themselves more, more fully and, you know, just in, in a more comprehensive but also articulate way, in a more artistic way. And really, really interesting how she is able to do that. And I feel like there's probably an opportunity here for, you know, your business to be able to do that for people where this becomes a leadership development solution where it's like, hey, look, you, you know, we're going to use this activity. But at the end of the day, we're going to we're definitely going to be part of this leadership development budget that you have over here. We know you don't have a dance budget exactly. <laughs> because, you know, you're, you're JP Morgan Chase and you probably don't have a dance budget. That's OK. I understand. But you have a leadership development budget and yes. we teach leader, leadership development through dance. Very cool. I'm really excited for this because I, I, I know, you know, just my own experience recently, in my case, I got laid off, but then I made the decision not to go back to finding like a full-time job again and go full-time into this business to make it whatever it can be. And I'm still figuring that out three years later, but 
it's been a beautiful journey, one that I'm incredibly happy to be on. And I'm excited that you get to be on it as of like super recently. I believe yes. that the announcement was just like a few weeks ago that exactly. you, know, you, you you stepped away from your full-time role. So yep. uh, you're at the very beginning of that. Congratulations on that. But of course, it's not the beginning of your business. Your business yep. has already been going on. You've got shows coming up. You're working on things. So thank you so much for your time. One of the things that if you're listening in on this in the show notes, you're going to find all the links to Roger's work. Of course, you'll be able to find any productions that are coming up in case you are in the area and you can buy a ticket and go attend live, which would be awesome. Anything else you want to share with people about how they can engage with you or how they can reach out and contact you? Sure. Thank you so much, Roger, for that. Yeah, you know, we'd love to see folks at the show, of course, um, but also something new or something that we're doing more of now, I should say, is our corporate sponsorship program, right? So we kind of had that in place before and now we're starting to focus a lot more on that. So there is an opportunity for corporations to sponsor a production, a tour, or even a full season of shows that they like. And then for folks who aren't in a position to do that right now, we also have a ticket donation program. And what's nice about that is that it actually goes to families in need, right? So, you know, there've been a lot of people that uh, kind of reached out to me and said, hey, I'm not in the area, but, you know, you're in Philadelphia. I know that there are some families who might really enjoy this opportunity, send two or three families on my behalf. And that's actually what started that program. It wasn't even something I came up with, but it was just more like the demand was there. Yeah. And I said, well, wow, it's impacting lives. And I see it firsthand. So I'm like, well, let's make this a formalized thing. So, yeah, you know, there's always ways to engage on that front as well. But, you know, just appreciate the support. And would just like to say how important the arts are. You know, I feel like a lot of the times uh, they're always on the verge of extinction. Right. So it's always up to the entrepreneurs to figure out how do we carry the art form forward and. I love what you said earlier about looking at transferable industries or lanes. So yeah, leadership development is amazing. Public speaking, I have some friends who teach public speaking through the theater lens. And I think that, you know, we kind of, uh, as artists have to come out the box sometimes to express what we do beyond just the stage, right? It's too easy to say, I'm just a studio painter. I'm just a dancer on stage. I'm just a singer. It's like, well, no, you're more than that. And let's look at how to, do what we do in a way that's beneficial to people that actually support it in a sustainable way. So very cool. And, you know, I, I totally hear you there. For me, the the arts have been a part of my life and it started in a very different way, not because I was involved in it, but more because my sister was. So I was always close to it. You know, she she was in ballet school and she did a lot of different other types of performing arts. And so through her, I got really into it. And today it's still a part of my life. In fact, just last Friday, I was at the uh, Lincoln Center for the like Water for Chocolate ballet performance by the American Ballet Theater. It was my Father's Day gift and incredible, incredible show. So yeah, I, I totally hear you. And I love what you're doing um, in terms of how you can engage people who are not in your local market, you know, so they could still support, they could still be a part of it through other people and really empower others to go there. So all the links will be available in the show notes below. So definitely make sure to take a look at that. Roger, thank you so much again for your time, for your insights, for some of the advice that you would share with people who are on their journey to reinvention. We definitely appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to share a name with you. I love our name twin. <laughs> First time it ever happened that I end up on a call with another Roger. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. 
You can also go to rogerostorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.